deliver. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane, 307-752-2787. Open Monday through Friday from 7 to 5. Remember that kid that kept falling down the well and had to be constantly rescued by their collie dog? Well, if that family had just called 307 Wildcat Well Service, that old well would be a pipe and a pump. 307 Wildcat Well Service is a local company that specializes in locating water. Drilling and pumps, residential or ranch, prepare or service. So for water wells and all that goes with them, just Google 307 Wildcat Well Service and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. Are you looking to make extra cash and sell your unwanted items? Go to sharedomedia.com, post your items for free, or choose from our menu of options. You can have your items posted in the Country Bounty, read on Swap Shop, or listed on the front page of sharedomedia.com. Go to the classified section on sharedomedia.com. Let's get your items sold and turned into cash. If you're a business owner, you can post your employment opportunities. It's all right there. Classified section, sharedomedia.com. The Sheridan VA Healthcare System is recruiting for motivated nursing assistants to join their team. Come serve your nation's veterans. They offer competitive pay and benefits, shift differentials, and a child care subsidy. They're also currently offering a $5,000 sign-on incentive for full-time nursing assistants who join. Questions or interested in applying? Contact the VA nurse recruiter at Sheridan Nursing Jobs at va.gov or by phone at 675-3262. They also have openings for RNs, LPNs, and new graduates. Reach out to their nurse recruiter at Sheridan Nursing Jobs at va.gov or by calling 675-3262 and come join their team. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Pulse brought to you by our friends over there at Elias and Financial. With me this morning is Sheridan Police Captain Tom Ringley and Lieutenant Dan Keller. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Floyd. Morning. Now, uh, Captain, we just finished up Memorial Day. How how did everything go? Well, the main thing about Memorial Day was that it actually rained. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which people in this area always keeping an eye on. It's crucial. We don't need to inhale smoke all summer again. Um, but in regards to the Sheridan Police Department, it was, it was a pretty good weekend, even though the the holiday got rained out. Um, we only had two DUI arrests, which is on the low side for a regular weekend, and. Uh, three public intoxication arrests. Um, we're still having to contact uh, points of service, also known as bars, for over-serving their customers to the point where they can't safely um, get home. We've discussed on this show n- with you numerous times that it's not illegal to walk home if you're a, a little tipsy or intoxicated, but it is if you can't care for yourself um, or you pose a danger to others. Yeah, and, if you're and, if you're passing out yeah. in the gutter, that's an issue. And and, and that's the line that um, a couple of people um, decided they needed to cross this weekend when there are um, 
alternatives to getting home safely, first of which is not consuming to the point to where you can't take care of yourself, but we also have the Safe Rides program. And, you know, I, I tended bar for a little while, and I'm not saying that uh, I never overserved someone. I'm sure I probably did. Uh, but, it, it, you know, and I understand how difficult it can be, but I've had all kinds of threats thrown my way because I was like, you know, you're passing out on on my stool. No, you're yeah. you're finished. And 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 part of what we tell the our our liquor or our alcohol vendors if call us at the first sign of a problem. So if someone's posing a threat to you or you feel threatened, give us a call. We, we we're doing walkthroughs in the bars anyway. We're more than happy to show up and this, the the demeanor officer presence usually calms things down. And if a uh, a staff member doesn't feel safe, then we'd be happy to remove people as well. Yeah, and I mean, even just a, a phone call, hey, would you just do me a yeah. favor and just walk through the bar for and, me? And, just... and a lot of the bars, especially downtown, are, are really good about that, too. They they do call us and do ask for, for walkthroughs. It's, it's a pretty good relationship. And we understand that if on a Memorial Day um, holiday, when the bars are crowded, it, it's tough to keep an eye on everyone. Yeah, yeah, your buddy could yeah. be buying drinks for uh, someone else in the back that you don't even know sure. is absolutely inebriated. Yeah, or the point. or the the service points packed and they can't get a good look at the person. We understand that. However, our our expectation is that over service doesn't occur. I've been in that situation too, where people were reaching over the heads of others, yeah. uh, sometimes two to three back, trying to get a drink. Uh, it can get crazy in those in those places. Now, um, that is a really good number, though. Uh, at least in my opinion, uh, for a city this size to have, uh, what did you say, two DUIs? Yes. Uh, in the whole weekend, yeah. and especially a holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, one that traditionally, you know, is known for everyone heading out there on the boat, having a good time, yeah, maybe going fishing. It's with usually your... the kickoff for summer. Yeah. People are moving about. I'm sure um, uh, people notice the uptick in cars downtown. Um, even even last week, there were a lot of out-of-state plates in town. A lot of people enjoying our town and our residents as well. So yeah, two you know two's too many, but we're we're glad it wasn't more. Do you feel that the DUI campaigns that you've had with Sheridan Memorial Hospital and other partners are are really having an impact? Um, we would hope so. It, it, it's hard to tell. Our DUI numbers are actually pretty consistent over the last five years, um, e- even with COVID. Um, there, there wasn't a huge variance, um, but what we don't know is how many people are making that right decision to, to, to stop for a second and think and not drive while intoxicated. The ones that you don't hear yeah, about. Yeah. Once again, it's the 80-20 rule. We, we're not hearing from the people that, that do the right thing and, and make a great decision to not be selfish and put others at risk by driving while intoxicated. Um, th- those are the people that we really appreciate. So, yeah. so for the three to... Um, Six DUIs, other DUIs we're expecting to get. We we we'd like to thank the, those people because they, they made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. Just take a one moment of clarity yeah. in that uh, inebriated you know time period could sure. save your life and the life of a, a family for yes. all you know. Now uh, Sheridan is home to several high density residential complexes that consist of either apartments or townhomes population dense areas within the city now how are these areas uh typically policed um yeah i'll, I'll talk about that um in, in some ways no different than any other neighborhood and in, in some instances we we try to be a little more strategic about that dense population 
especially in kind of some of the low-income apartment complexes. Um, and not so much that it's a huge problem, just in that it's un- a unique community. Um, we want to take advantage of that. Um, if there's a community with uh, nothing but million-dollar homes and they're all spread out, there's some real advantages to living in that community. Um, but there are also some disadvantages. You may never know your neighbors or your may- neighbor may do something highly illegal and it might never affect you. In these dense ones, um, if your neighbors are doing something illegal, it's probably going to affect a lot of neighbors quickly. And all the neighbors do tend to know each other well. So we want to take advantage of those relationships. So we tend to want to do a little more face-to-face community-oriented policing in those neighborhoods. Now, we will address the partnerships that uh, the department has formed with the managers of uh, these places in a bit. But does the PD have to keep the management in the loop on everything you do or intend to do within these areas? We're not required uh, by law um, to keep them loop on anything. Um, we, we choose to try to so, so, uh, form partnerships. Um, in fact, there's we have four patrol teams that provide 24-7 coverage to the, the residents in, in Sheridan, um, and each one of those is assigned a uh, apartment manager that they um, work with, communicate with, and we keep them in the loop on a lot of things that are appropriate for them to know. Um, some things is none of their business, but right, uh, yeah, we try to have a two-way communication with the managers of those apartment complexes, and that's to protect the tenants just as much as it is to protect any intention by the PD, right? I mean, uh, the rights of the tenant are still recognized. Yeah, uh, so you know, if you got a nosy manager, which I think we, those of us who've lived in apartment complexes can all can all identify with, uh, yeah. they might be asking about your business that hey. That's that's not your concern uh, about this particular individual. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not sharing any uh, intimate details about anybody's life with apartment managers. More, more things like uh, if there's been a death, or if there's uh, been a vehicle towed from a property, or um, if somebody maybe is going. We know they're going to be locked up for a long term. That things the management's going to want to know if there's pets that need taken care of or if they're not going to be collecting rent or um, different instances like that. Yeah, the, when the checks stop, right? <laughs> that's, that's, now, uh, are there traditionally more incidences in areas and complexes like this? And if so, is that due to a population number? Um, Numbers-wise, no. We don't make more arrests in at any particular um, complex than we do in any particular neighborhood in town. In fact, less if you consider our main traffic corridors of um, Coffee and Main Street, um, which is where most of our rest take place. Um, a lot of them are quality of life issues. Um, we, we want everyone to be happy in Sheridan, regardless of, of where they live, um, given the, the nature of an apartment with the thin walls, uh, yeah. um, which is nobody's fault. We do get called for a lot of noise complaints. Um, and what some people think are arguments where they're just loud voices through through thin walls and we we respond to all of those and try to we keep the peace we're our formal title is peace officers right um, right and we, we will pass a lot of that information on to the um to the management oftentimes there's nothing we can do yeah um but there's, there's things that um the, the the management can address now, have you ever lived in an apartment complex like this when you were going to school or anything oh, with sure. the real thin walls? Yeah, yeah. Cinder, cinder block walls while I was in school. It was great. <laughs> cinder block walls. Yeah. I've, I've lived in complexes like that too, yeah. yeah. Uh, believe it or not, some of the best neighbors that I had when I was living in Laramie were uh, 
kids overspill from a frat house. Now, a lot of people would think, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But these guys were great. They walked over and they said, look, yeah, we're going to use this place every now and then to have gatherings. But we see that you have a daughter on the days that your kid's with you. We'll be respectful. Yeah. And they were the entire time they were there. And they lived there with uh, next door to me for about two years. Yeah. Um, what we do t- along that line, what we do tend to see in these complexes is people looking out for each other. Um, they, you know, pe- people want to belong yeah. and they, they want to belong to, to groups and have a, a, a group to identify with. And that's human nature and it's a positive thing. And a lot of the calls, we get quite a few calls of, Hey, this person uh, doesn't look quite right in, in the neighborhood, whether it comes in as, as a, a suspicious person report or a suspicious vehicle. And it's nothing for us to show up and check on somebody. We're not going to violate anyone's rights and tell them where they can and can't be. Um, but we check, but really no more than any other neighborhood. I mean, most blocks probably have, say, 20 houses on them. Yeah. These complexes have 100, 100 units sometimes in them. So, you know, the per, per capita, the call load's probably about the same. Wow. Now, more urban police departments deal with these types of places every single day. Is there a specific training course or courses geared to operating within these large buildings, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, your partner's watching your back or, cause I mean, some of these places can yeah. be like a maze. And, and, and yeah, they, they are maze like, but in, in Sheridan, they're not inherently dangerous. Um, it, it's to, to us, it's that, that corridor is a street, um, with, with houses on it. It's just indoors. Um, so basically yeah. it's the same type of movement yeah. that, uh, yeah, the, the people for the most part, like everywhere else, they're absolutely fantastic. And we, we feel safe walking down down the hallways um, if we're just, you know, going to a quality of life call. Yeah. Like everywhere else, if we're going to, a, say, a report of a domestic violence, then we would use a different approach and we will use numbers. But um, the, the people are no different than, than anyone else in town. I think that's great. There's no added danger no. for our officers within these complexes. No. That image that you get on TV, of, you know, the cops going down the hallway. And, 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 I'm, sure, and I'm sure in some of the larger cities um, it, that, that may be the case. But, I'll, I'll, you know, all I ever speak on is what's going on in Sheridan. Right, right. Um, and they're, they're absolutely fine here. Oh, that's good to hear. Now, when we return, we're going to continue with our Sheridan Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. 
At Frackleton's, we like to bring something new to the menu every few months, and it's that time again. So let's talk about one of our new dishes on our lunch menu. Frackleton's Beef Bacon BLT. Starts with Sackett's Beef Bacon, Swiss Cheese, Tomato, Red Onion, Pickle, Avocado, Lettuce, Garlic, Aioli, on Cibata, which is an Italian white bread. The best of the best out west. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits on Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Join folks in the Sheridan area for an Evening of Caring concert to benefit Ukraine Thursday, June 30th at the Y.O. Theater. This concert will feature various local talents with the mission of providing humanitarian relief to the Ukrainian people, whether in Ukraine or wherever they fled to survive. The concert starts at 7 p.m. and tickets are $20 a person. Donations will be filtered through the YMCA World Service. For more information, call 307-752-2710. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of springs. There's the kind that you wind up tighter than two coats of paint. There's the ones you pull apart and they spring back, and there's the kind you push together and they bounce back. And there's the kind of spring that is time to get your 4 before side-by-side tuned up for the year. Just call Handos and Joe will spring into action. Heck, he'll even come and get it. Tune it up, fix it up, even rev it up. 4 before spring tune-ups at Handos Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. On this week's Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, it's a post-Memorial Day-filled podcast. A bunch of sports happened this weekend. We get into the conference finals concluding in the NBA playoffs, as well as the disaster for Ferrari that was the Monaco Grand Prix and Charles Leclerc, as well as the Forbes Top 10 Highest Paid Athletes for 2022. So tune into this week's episode of the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on SheridanMedia.com or PodcastWyoming.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our partners over there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and with me this morning is Sheridan Police Captain Tom Ringley and Lieutenant Dan Keller. Now, this morning, we're discussing the complex procedures surrounding the policing and security of Sheridan's apartment complexes. We've talked a little bit about the required communication between police and the management arm of these areas, but is there a protocol for communication between the department and these complexes? Is there something like a procedure that we have to follow? Um. If you're talking about from the police department to the apartment complexes, um, you know, like I said, there's uh, several of the larger ones we, we assign um, sh- patrol shifts to, and the sergeant is required to communicate um, every month with that apartment complex manager um, to hear things, issues they may be seeing, and to tell them issues they may need to, may need to know about. Um, and we kind of give the sergeants the freedom to do it however they best see fit. S- some schedule a meeting at the police department. Some go, go visit with them. Um, some maybe on night shift, so they might just send an email that month when they're on night shift. Um, so there's those protocols. Um, and, and also p- part of that partnership, we want at least once a year, hopefully more, the officers doing some kind of community policing event with the residents there that might just be um, knocking on doors and just saying, hey, how's life going? Is there anything we can help you with? Could be handing out safety brochures or maybe toys for kids or re- reading to kids in the apartment complex. So we, we try to uh, get an event type thing like that once a month with all the officers doing something like that. Really? That's that's actually really cool. And that's part of the uh, community-oriented policing that Sheridan PD really likes to do. Yeah. 
That's that's fascinating to hear. I I've lived in uh, a couple complexes. Uh, we were talking offline here for a minute, and I've I've never gotten to experience anything like that. Uh, and I'm you know I'm sure everyone feels different uh, about police in their own way. But uh, if I was living in an apartment complex, just had an officer knock on the door to say hi, we're here. Just so you know, I that would make me feel better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember when I was a patrol officer, or corporal, and we'd started doing this. Yeah, just knocking on the doors, and some people were very taken aback. And I just say, "Hey, I'm with the Sheridan Police Department. Uh, you're, you're, you're this apartment complex part of our assigned uh, patrol duties. I just want to know if there's anything we can help you with, anything go- that we need to know about." Um, I think that meant a lot to some people. Um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Now. When it comes to certain issues, uh, apartment complexes, a lot of that is parking. Uh, out, of, out of every single one that I've lived in in the past, that was the number one issue. Is that something that uh, managers share with you guys a lot, uh, parking issues? So, surprisingly, that hasn't been. That's something that gets managed pretty well by them, and, and most of that's design. Um, and they seem to be designed pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I would have anticipated that being a bigger complaint, but it hasn't been. That's fascinating. Yeah, good job on the manager's behalf uh, for not uh, kind of soaking up all your time on it. But wow, I don't know. Uh, you know, you've lived in an apartment complex as captain. You know how difficult parking can be for some of these it, places. It, it can be, um, but once again, these we have these. Uh, like any neighborhood, is kind of a, a micro society where it gets to be self-regulating, and and things tend to f- like uh, most things tend to fall under a natural order. Every once in a while there's a problem because no system's perfect. But overwhelmingly, um, there are very there aren't that many problems in the um, in these complexes. And also the the concerns that are expressed to our officers fall in line with the concerns of the community, which is um uh, violent crime and intoxicated drivers. Yeah. Um so this they're just part of they're just a, a micro segment of uh, Sheridan. They're part of yeah. what makes Sheridan tick. Now, we talked a little bit about if a resident wasn't able to attend to their apartment. Uh, either a death has occurred, maybe an arrest, and, uh, you know, they might have animals in there, uh, and they were their sole carer. H- how do we coordinate that? Uh, is it just, does the individual say, hey, would you check on my apartment? Well, I'm behind bars, or, or, or how does that work? T- typically, um, I mean, we're not going to repeatedly go and check on people's apartments. Um, we're not landlords, but we'll we'll make sure the landlord knows about something like that. And we try to do that even on homes. If there's a rental home, we know who the landlord is. Um, if there's been some sort of major event that could affect the property, um, we'll generally try to reach out to the landlord when we know who it is. And when it comes to that and somebody's alone, uh, you know, I've got no one else to really go and take care of that. What generally happens? Or is that even your department? Um, it's not something we customarily um, take take care of. We leave it up to the landlord. Yeah, um, just inform the landlord this yeah. is what happened. And don't and forget, if people, um, people have next of kin and people who are incarcerated get phone calls. Yeah. Um, so generally, they're in a position where they can take care of it. Us letting the landlord know is usually a short-term fix. Um, to say, for instance, if there is an animal in there or it's really cold outside, I guess they can go in and make sure the heat's on. So it's it's the small things like that. But as far as taking care of the apartment, that's not something we we have the manpower to do. Nor is it 
with a legitimate police duty. Yeah, I was going to say, not not the duty of the PD on that one. Now, what are Sheridan PD's most common problems in, in regards to these types of complexes that you do see? We've talked about how they're kind of a microcosm, but is there anything that you see more in, than others? Well, I would say I don't think anything going on more. It's just we, we become more aware of it. Like it's, uh, the ripple effect is more immediate. Like I say, if you live in an affluent neighborhood and your closest neighbor is 300 yards away and you have a really nice privacy fence, um, let's say there's b- drugs being abused in a home there or a violent domestic going on, while those are illegal and we want to take care of those and we know about it, it's probably not going to affect the neighbors as immediately. Um, if, if you're a um, nice family raising kids in an apartment complex and there's a violent domestic going next door, it can have much more immediate effect. Um, it, Eat, or, or or just large arguing. You're trying to get your kids to sleep for the night because they have school the next day. Um, so it's not that there's uh, more or greater problems going on in these apartment complexes. It's just a unique community, and we want to protect everybody's rights in there. It, and that is, I think that's something that's very interesting. Uh, you know, we tend to think that they're full of, of issues and, and problems, but they're really n- no more no. than than a regular neighborhood. It's just that it's in close proximity to each other. We see it more. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. We want to what a, a fascinating take advantage principle. of that uh, close knit community, and so people are going to be more apt to know when somebody is maybe not on their medications and doing well, or they're having repeated domestic violences. So because they're going to more apt to know about that, we want to make sure we have those communication channels. That's why we want the officers. Um, that's why we want them going knocking on the doors, N- not because our job is to um, be maintainers of people's lifestyle or, or their property managers ourselves, but we want to have those communicate. Our job is to enforce laws, so those communication channels are an, an means to help us attain that. Yeah, and I think that's great that we're talking about this because I think you know there is this perception, I'm sure, from a lot of individuals, and we've talked about stuff like this in the past where if they haven't had a lot of dealings with the police, they see you come to the door, you're knocking on the door, and you're saying, hey, I'm just letting you know that we're here. If you need anything, let us know. But to them, they're like, oh, these guys are sneaking around the apartment building. They're checking on people, peeking through doors. But that's that's not what you're doing. No, and like I say, it's, we, we want to make sure we're letting people know that the reason we're at apartment complex is the same reason we're patrolling the streets is the same reason we're having coffee with the public is the same reason we're doing business visits. It's because 99, you know, anecdotally 99% of this community um, is really good people doing really good things. And they have the right to do that without that 1% bothering them. So um, that's why we're anywhere, especially these apartment complexes, because most people there are really good people trying to live a good productive life. Um, and if there's somebody that's not, it can have a really quick ripple effect on the other residents there because of the density. So is there a monitoring procedure or, or pro- process on this? So if you have a problem, uh, the managers reached out to you and said, okay, we're going to go ahead and make sure that that's taken care of. They get back with you, or, or is there a procedure to getting back uh, you with know, you? It, the procedure is the relationship, and that's why I want the patrol sergeant meeting face-to-face with these apartment complex managers and we don't have a real strict pro- protocol exactly what they're supposed to do because we don't know what problems are going to come. They're going to be unique, and what we want the sergeants and the officers doing is c- developing um, 
effective solutions to whatever problems may come up. And they're pretty free to be creative and work with those apartment complex managers on those solutions. Now, uh, do all the complexes participate in this type of uh, kind of an after-action review? Not not all of them. The, the larger ones, the, the, the four main um, complexes, which uh, Long Drive, Avoca, um, some of the places managed by the, the, the same, some managers manage two complexes. Um, there, there are some small complexes in town, you know, some uh, fourplexes type places that we. we oh yeah, the really yeah. tiny spots. Yeah. Yeah, basically, if if it's a place with its own parking lot, and it's we we do, but they're the, the four main big ones in town. We, we do. Now, do many of these complexes take advantage of cameras, other security devices that you're aware of? Uh, where if something happens, they can share that footage with you? There are some that do that, yeah. And then you just talk to the manager to get a hold of that kind of stuff? Yeah, it'd be no different than, uh, again, it's not unique to those communities. Um, everybody's got ring doorbells now in any community. Those are becoming more part of our uh, investigative look, knocking on doors for those. Or a, bit, a lot of businesses downtown have them. So it if it's part of an investigation, we would look for those type of things and take either try to uh, get copies of video if we needed, either through consent or a search warrant. Yeah, you know, my wife's wanting to get a hold of one of those things. We live way out in Buffalo, and she still wants one. That's <laughs> that, I think they're a good thing because yeah. you can also, you know, an alarm's kind of someone's already breaking into your house. Um, the, the ring doorbell type products you can monitor anytime on, on, on your phone and, and see what's going on. Um, and it, it's, they're fairly obvious what they are and they serve as a, a good deterrent. Yeah. Right. What's that old saying, Captain? Uh, locks keep honest people honest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and cameras keep them more honest. <laughs> Even more so. That's right. Now, do we have any of those uh, gated communities here in, in Sheridan? My grandmother lived in uh, a community that had its own uh, security booth. Uh, I mean, every car was um, monitored in and out. We, do we, we have anything like we, that? We do have one community with a gate. Um, it's called Old Course Way, and it's at the intersection of um, Long Drive and Victoria, um, kind of at the just um, southeast of the fairgrounds. But... That that's private property. Um, all the roads in their private property. It's um, residents access it through a, a code, um, but there, there's no guard force or in anything. Just like literally, that just there. the old gate. Yeah, that's up there. It's yeah. definitely controlled access, so that the, the residents there can enjoy the privacy. Now, I imagine uh, places like that end up having a manager as well. Is there any difference no. between that or not? No, I'm I'm sure they have an HOA. Ah, um, yeah. But there, there's no. We 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 are in um, contact. We we know the developer, and we do we are do, do have a way to um, get in there if we need to. I'm not sure we've responded there very much at all. Um, every once in a while, maybe a trespasser, um, but it's it's pretty quiet. And we talked about that new place that's going up. Uh, you said it's over by Home Depot. Looks like it's going to be a big one. At what point will you reach out as a department and say, hey? We would like to formulate a partnership, and uh, here's uh, what we want you to know that we can do. Uh, that just depends on um, them, really. I don't know what their 
completion date is for that or how fast it'll get filled. Say it's a big one. Um, looks like maybe one of the larger ones in the community once it's done. But so because of that it it might take several years to fill or it could fill up overnight. We just don't know. So uh, we'll just monitor they, it. And they, find these out. relationships start org- organically. We don't have a, a set protocol. Usually, the, if we go to like anywhere else, if we go to call, people are peeking around curtains, seeing what we're doing, and usually the managers are pretty good about coming out to see if they can help us. So that that that's how these relationships start. If they're if they're forced, forced relationships really work out. But if really, we, yeah. We, we let a relationship evolve over time and, and contacts, then they, they tend to be pretty good. And if uh, the manager is listening right now, they already know. Uh, I can give them a call, and I know that I don't have to worry about too much. Sure. All right. When we return, we'll continue with our Sheridan Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Patrick from Harker Mellinger. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. The rodeo is a part of who we are. It's our history, our identity. But boy, this is not your granddaddy's rodeo anymore. The YO is bigger, better, and bolder. Larger purses, tougher competition, and a whole lot of family fun. Come for a week of bright lights, high stakes, and a warm welcome unlike anywhere else in the world. You gotta be here to feel it. Get your tickets at SheridanYORodeo.com. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Hi, this is Sheridan County Under Sheriff Levi Dominguez. Last year, Sheriff Alan Thompson announced his retirement and endorsed my campaign to run for sheriff. I'm truly humbled for this opportunity and look forward to serving as your next sheriff with a focus on continuing a community approach to law enforcement, maintaining local, state, and federal partnerships, and leadership development and training for our staff. I would appreciate your vote August 16th. To learn more, please visit my website at levidominguezforsheriff.com or find me on social media. Paid for by Levi Dominguez for Sheriff. Join the Sheridan Community Land Trust and Sheridan Media for Trail Fest this Saturday at Kendrick Park. This free family event has food trucks opening at 8 a.m., a 5K fun run at 8.30, followed by Yogo of Asia Stockwell at 9.30. 
activity booths open at 10.30. There's also a kids' raffle race, activity booths, and live music at 2.30. The Dead Sweet bike race starts and finishes here, too. See more at the Country Bounty and at SheridanCLT.org. Trail Fest, brought to you in part by First Federal Bank and Trust. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and with me this morning is Sheridan Police Captain Tom Ringley and Lieutenant Dan Keller. Now, first developed in 1959 and introduced in the 1960s as an intravenous antiseptic, and excuse me, antiseptic, uh, anesthesia. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was an anesthetic. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, got that wrong there. Fentanyl became very popular among heroin users in 2011. And according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, fentanyl was involved in roughly 2,600 drug overdose deaths each year in 2011 and 2012. But from 2012, to 2018, the number of drug overdose deaths involving fentanyl has increased dramatically each year. Now, I will admit, I know so very little, obviously, about this drug. Um, Not really something that we've had to deal with too much here in Wyoming, but, Captain, the reality is there is fentanyl in the area, correct? There, there is. I mean, we're just a microcosm of the country. Um, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid, so it's in the same family as all the other um, uh, controlled substances we've had problems with as a nation, to include the, the oxycodone, the hydrocodone, everything like that. The reason it's got so popular um, is because it's very cheap to produce, um, and it's easy to, um, to smuggle. Most of the fentanyl that's doing all the harm is coming from outside the country. Wow. Um, the reason the, there's been an increase in deaths a lot, besides of the increased availability, is it's being used to cut other controlled substances. So, for example, meth, I still don't understand why, but methamphetamine, it, we, we, we've had that cut with um, fentanyl. Really? Which I, I don't understand. Cause I would have seen. I would have thought it, the exact it, it, opposite. It seemed counterproductive, and that's not necessarily in Sheridan, but that's through the reports we get from uh, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. Um, it's extremely dangerous, as are all controlled substances, um, unless you're taking a a pill legitimately gained from through a prescription. You're you're rolling the dice because you just don't know what you're getting. A lot of the um, a lot of pills passed off as a legitimate medication or counterfeit and contain fentanyl because they're cheap enough because the, the dealers still want to give you the high. Yeah. So, so you come back and, and buy more. Um, but to us, it's insanity to, to take something that you haven't received from a pharmacist. And that's just not um, a, a problem we're seeing with specifically with fentanyl. It's also, say, with the marijuana that's over 30% THC. My gosh! That, that, oh man! Natural. It's it's definitely higher than thirty or forty years ago. It was three to five percent, but it's being sprayed with a foreign substance to give you to give it that increased um, that increased amount of uh, THC. It's completely unregulated industry, much like the the Delta Eight that we do have in town that's sold legally. What is um, Delta Eight? Delta Eight is so regular marijuana is Delta Nine. Okay. 
and delta 8 it, it's essentially one molecule different so it's a hemp derivative so therefore it it's legal oh does uh, this have, it, it's got a street name right uh, I can't remember. Is this that thing that people were buying at the smoke shops? The, the, this yes. And it was getting yeah. them like this weird. Well, it's not the spice. Okay, it's not spice. Yeah. Okay. Um, but once again, that's a completely unregulated industry other than the fact that it's not Delta 9. Um, it's not illegal. Um, but on the other hand, people that consume it don't know exactly what they're consuming either. We've, we've had some, some problems with people consuming too much Delta 8 product. And ending up in the emergency room. Wow. So, and this isn't to pick on the local vendors. Our point is be sure of what you're taking. Yeah. Um, and be sure of where it came from. Yeah. And, and you know, in my ignorance, I thought these types of drugs were going to be more of an urban issue and that we ended up dealing more with like the methamphetamine. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, back in the day, uh, and this was when I say back in the day, I'm, I'm referring to around 2001, 2004. Sure. People were using meth to stay awake and work in in a, in a lot of different fields, uh, you know. And then I, again, I just don't know anything about fentanyl. It's really hard to even comment well, or you know, talk it, about. It, it, it's unique in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, we don't treat it that much different. Um, the bottom line is somebody's using something that's illegal and it has a high danger to them, we're going to treat it the same way, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, yeah. No, we're no more um, happy that we've had people die from methamphetamine or, you know, the first uh, death investigation death investigation I worked when I was assigned to detectives years ago was uh, uh, somebody had killed themselves huffing an air duster can. Um, so so fentanyl definitely is in the news a lot. Um, we've not seen a big influx here in Sharon. We've seen some of it, but we're still seeing people drink themselves to death. We've had two methamphetamine overdoses this year. Um, so no matter what the substance is, and we're not finding that there are people um, are like unique. You, like I just use fentanyl or I just use meth or I just deal one of these things. It's whatever they can get their hands on when they're in that uh, suffering from addiction, yeah. they're going to get their hands on. So a lot of it is just readiness and so in that way, we don't treat it different from any other controlled substances either. And I'm 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 really glad that you you brought that up because it's not like uh, when a new drug hits the market, we all jump up and down. It's just another it's just another thing added to the pile that we need to address using the same kind of toolbox that we already have. Uh, and we've got a caller, officers. If you would just throw your headsets on for me real quick, and uh, we will take this call. Uh, go ahead. You're on public pulse. Yeah. Good morning. Um, now since fentanyl is made in China, uh, and more people have died from fentanyl overdoses than COVID-19, why doesn't the federal government do something about this? I mean, this, they yeah. can stop this. Why don't they stop it? Um, that, that'd be a great, great question to ask, um, your state representative or your state senator, uh, we don't con control federal policy, and we have no more insight into the development of federal policy than, than, than you do. So I think that's a fantastic question, but we don't know. All right. Now, uh, the draw of this drug for those who become addicted, um, I don't know if you can comment on this or not, but if you do you think that a percentage of these addictions are linked 
to the overprescribing of oxycodone in the past. We, um, we did face an issue a while ago that was taken care of, but a lot of our hard workers out there in the fields, out there in the coal mines, hurt uh, backs, shoulders, arms, were prescribed this drug that eventually kind of led them down a path. I, th- I think it's been documented that um, people did not get the correct information back in the early when when this epidemic start this drug epidemic yeah. started. Um, part of it is the problem with the prescription medications is there's not the stigma attached to them like there is with meth or heroin. So it's the, an easy way um, for people to still get that high once, regardless of how they develop the habit. And mm-hmm. you're right, a lot of people with no wrongdoing had an injury and and then bam and and, and took took the uh, medications as prescribed, and then they they, they have a habit. Um, and some people take it rec- recreationally to, to get yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's where the, the lack of stigma comes in. I mean, we if we um we would make a traffic stop in the early 2000s and we'd see a, someone with a prescription bottle of pills and it's theirs, then there's there's nothing we could do. Right. Um, it, it's out there in, in, in plain sight where with the, the methamphetamine and heroin and marijuana, the, that's um, behind closed doors because there, there's a stigma attached to it. Yeah. Um, and because of that lack of stigma, more people would try it and more people would try it and the, the problem snowballed. Um, Fentanyl is a cheap replacement for those synthet- synthetic opiates opioids such as hydrocodone now is is fentanyl like a you talked about how there were actually pills at one time yeah. uh you even sent me a photo so obviously this is like a powder a substance much yes. like heroin yeah they get they get pressed into pills is it used like heroin then do they have to cook this through a procedure and, and it, it can i think it can be consumed anyway somebody wants to consume it yeah. yeah um much like meth you can snort meth you can or you can inject meth or you can smoke it so there's just a lot of different yeah. ways to get it into the body, unfortunately. What should the public uh, really know about this drug and uh, about our community and this drug? I, I, that's, we frequently mention it starts at home. Parents need to know what their kids are doing. Um, parents have – and because that's our biggest fear is that some children are, yeah, absolutely. get a hold of this stuff um, in an effort to – be social and because be accepted. It's, it's the accepted thing to do. Um, parents should absolutely know what their children are doing and talk to their children and talk about these dangers. All of this information we've talked about today, one, one can find online. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, sometimes we feel like we're called in um, to talk to kids about stuff, which we're more than happy to do, but we also catch ourselves wondering why, especially I, I don't have any kids. Why am I? Yeah, why are you having to be a parent? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and more than happy to help, but that that constant reinforced message message has to be at home about the dangers of any illicit substance or anything you don't know what it is, or even alcohol, uh, the overconsumption of alcohol for kids or drinking underage for that matter. Yeah, um, it it's all has to start at home, and people have to um, fulfill their parental duties and responsibilities. Well, I'm you know I'm not vying for father of the year or nothing but i had i can remember when i had this conversation with with my daughter yeah and yeah it, you know it was a little bit difficult <laughs> you know but uh 
you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And and she knows all about that. So we sat down and we had that tough conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly can't remember talking about fentanyl at all. I was more concerned about methamphetamine and the things that we do see uh, more out in the open, I guess, uh, like you were talking about, and, the and, things that have a and, stigma. And, but that's a great way for people to approach the subject. I mean, a, a former uh, owner of Sheridan Media was, did a huge public service um, about somewhere around 2005 to the community and discussing the problems that uh, prescription medications brought on his family. If You don't have to be father or mother of the year to, to raise a kid. You teach them from your mistakes. We all make mistakes. There, there's no father of the year. Yeah, for one thing, that's a, you know, that's like the, that, that that's a myth. Every, we're all people. We've all made mistakes, and we can use the mistakes we've made as teaching points for others, so they so they can learn from them. And that's uh, that's the best we can really do. And then send them out there with the judgment that we hope that they've learned from. You know. Yeah. Now speaking of the little ones, uh, the kids are out or will be out of school for summer break. I've only got about two minutes left. What should we know? Just right off the top of our heads, what would we like drivers and folks to know in the community? Yeah, be be attentive. That's every accident we have, every preventative uh, ticket we write or warning we give is all about getting people to pay attention. Um, you're, when you're driving, you're a driver. You're not a DJ. You're not a uh, telecommunication expert on your phone. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. Be a driver when you're driving and pay attention. And uh, distracted driving. Uh, you know, some I was doing research on the newest, latest uh, cars that were being developed about uh, three years ago, and all the different devices that are at a you know the touch of a finger, are just incredible. Your car is the distraction nowadays. Uh, and, and I'll admit, you know, yes, I've been DJ too many times in, in, in my day. So make sure that you're paying attention, folks. Now, uh, Captain, will there be ice cream with the cop this year? That is one of my favorite programs. Um, we hope so. We're, we're looking at our schedules right now. There is <clears throat> something I'm about to post on our Facebook page today that we'll be cooking with a cop, that, uh, the Verdello um, Grinnell Plaza has been is kind enough to host it. It's a sign up event, so if people keep an eye out for our Facebook page, <clears throat> um, excuse me, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get get that posted. I think there's a limit of 14 to 15 children, and that's that. I can't remember what they're making. It might be burritos or something. <laughs> but, so, but check uh, Sheridan Wyoming Police and Fire Facebook page for details on that. Hopefully, before close of business today. So you guys are. Y- Gonna just have, have all the kids go into the kitchen with a couple officers and just go yeah. for it. Yeah, they cook and while, while stuff's in the oven, they'll make, maybe go visit the patrol car and look at stuff like that. And yeah, they, I think this is the fourth year they've done it. Yeah, yeah a real adventure. Yeah, the, 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 the Verdellas have been really, really wonderful about it. Um, last time was pizza, um, so just keep an eye on our uh, the media releases we uh, disseminate and also our Facebook page. Fantastic. Officers, thank you so much. Thanks, Lloyd. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, 
Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Checks continue to be the subject of more fraud than any other form of payment. First Federal Bank and Trust will help you stay one step ahead with positive pay for business. Our positive pay service detects fraudulent checks early and prevents them from being paid. We believe in avoiding the hassle of check fraud investigation so you can focus on the best parts of your business. Contact Kim Wells, First Federal's cash management officer, to get started with positive pay today. First Federal Bank and Trust, your partner in success. Member FDIC. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one too. And that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now at McDonald's, try one of our icy cold slushies. Enjoy deliciously refreshing flavors like the new tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and pair it with our world-famous fries. Price and participation may vary. Be sure to watch for the Blowdorn Lumber Sale Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. There are items on sale to help with all your projects. Milwaukee tools, shovels, rakes, and shears, weed killer, and Regal Select Benjamin Moore Payne. Check out the Blowdorn Lumber Sheridan Sale Flyer in this week's Country Bounty or find it online at SheridanMedia.com. Blowdorn Lumber, serving Sheridan since 1957. Looking for your dream horse? Check out the Bots Sots Remount Horse Sale coming up June 4th. Now you may be wondering, what is Bots Sots? Bots Sots is a crow term generally held to mean, quote, keep good. And that is exactly what you will find at the horse sale featuring classy, gentle, fancy broke horses and odds are your dream horse. Don't miss the Bots Sots Remount, a heap good horse sale Saturday, June 4th at 4 p.m. at the Kendrick Mansion in Sheridan. For catalog and videos, go to BotsSotsRemount.com. Join folks in the Sheridan area for an Evening of Caring concert to benefit Ukraine Thursday, June 30th at the Y.O. Theater. This concert will feature various local talents with the mission of providing humanitarian relief to the Ukrainian people, whether in Ukraine or wherever they fled to survive. The concert starts at 7 p.m. and tickets are $20 a person. Donations will be filtered through the YMCA World Service. For more information, call 307-752-2710. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates Invest Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K-R-O.